Hey, great to see everyone. Hey, I want to say thanks to our worship team uh, for just doing an awesome job every single week for us and uh, really appreciate uh, all of their work, people in front, people in the back, especially during this time of transition. Uh, special thanks to Allie Boardman and uh, just that God is using her in an awesome way right now to lead our church and uh, to lead our team, and we're thankful for all of her work. I wanted to let you know uh, that we are progressing in our search for a worship uh, director, creative arts leader here at Genesis. We've identified a young man that we're very excited about. Uh, we've met with him on a couple of occasions, and we're looking forward to getting to know him uh, even better and praying about whether he's a good fit for our church and giving him the opportunity to do the same. And we would appreciate your prayers as we continue talking with him, and we'll keep you posted uh, as we proceed with that. You know, there is nothing quite like home field advantage. Uh, If you're an athlete, if you played a sport growing up in high school, middle school, uh, you know that. Uh, There's nothing like playing on your home court. There's nothing like playing on your home field in front of your fans. There is an advantage uh, to playing at home, to playing on a court on a field that you're familiar with. I went to the Colts game this past Monday night. If you've ever been to a Colts game before at Lucas Oil Field, you know that there is an incredible, incredible advantage for the Colts in playing in that type of venue. Uh, they, they do well. You know, they, they, they excel you know, away from home, but, but especially at home too. There's an advantage. Uh, if you're a golfer and you've ever maybe gone on a trip and you forgot to take your clubs and you've had to rent a set of clubs, you may know that there's nothing quite like playing with your own clubs. You know, there's an advantage to using your putter. Now, in my case, anyone else's putter is better than my putter, all right? Anything else is an upgrade, but maybe for you, you know that advantage of, uh, of playing with your own clubs. But it, it's more than just sports, too. Uh, do we, we have anybody that likes to cook? We got any chefs in the room, you know, you know, just trying to do all that? Okay, maybe for you, you know that there's nothing quite like cooking in your own kitchen. You know, because maybe you've got a particular knife that you like or, or it's just the familiarity that you have with where everything is and you know how to get to it. Uh, maybe, you know, for you, you travel. Uh, maybe your work requires you to travel and you love that thrill of traveling, but you know there is nothing like getting home and sleeping on your own pillow uh, and sleeping in your own bed. There's an advantage that comes with it. Um, maybe it's your toilet. You know, I mean, maybe you just have a favorite toilet in the house and you've got all the appropriate reading materials close at hand. And so there's an advantage for you for being at home when, when nature calls. Uh, you know, maybe you play the drums. And, you know, having your own drum kit is, is an advantage uh, for you. There, there's an advantage in each of these things. If you play tennis, you know that there is an advantage to being one point up at the end. Um, you're one point away from victory. And so we favor the advantage. We, we do well knowing that we have this advantage. Well, in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus spoke these words to his disciples. Here's what he said. He says, hey, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, the disciples were like, go away. What's happening here? I mean, what's changing? I mean, these words must have have confused, have concerned the disciples. You know, Jesus spoke these words right before his death on the cross. He's on his way. He knew he was going to die. And up until this point, he had spent the last few years with the disciples you know, almost every single day with them, every day doing life. And they heard him teach and, and they witnessed his miracles firsthand. And that certainly sounds like an advantage to the disciples, right? 
I mean, any of us. I mean, wouldn't we enjoy some on-the-site, you know, job training with Jesus? You know, Jesus standing right by us, you know, showing us how to live, showing us how to make decisions. We'd all benefit from three years on the job training with Jesus. Well, by the time John chapter 16, verse 7 rolls around, things are getting a little crazy in Jerusalem. You know, Jesus' teaching was creating some controversy there. And for the disciples, there was a sense of comfort in being close to Jesus. But now Jesus says, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be around a whole lot longer. So Jesus is going to die. He knows that there would be a resurrection and that eventually he would ascend to be with his father in heaven, that he would be leaving the disciples. And so Jesus knew that they were frightened. He knew they were concerned by this. And so he said these words, it is to your advantage that I go away. I love that phrase. Now in the NIV, it doesn't say that, but if you go to the NASB and other translations, it says that it is to your advantage that I go away. You know, I mean, here Jesus calls this other the, the helper. You know, your, your version may say the counselor. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying there's an incredible advantage to having the Holy Spirit in you. And so this morning we start this series called The Ghost. And the ghost is going to take us all the way through this month. Uh, if, depending on what tradition you grew up in, maybe you're, you're used to hearing the term the Holy Ghost. We tend to refer to the Holy Ghost as the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God here. But the Holy Ghost just kind of sounds a little cooler, doesn't it, you know, for this series. But it's the same person. Who is the ghost? Again, he's the Holy Spirit. He is God. You know, that's not in your notes, but it's worth writing down. If that's the only theology that you take away this morning, please take that. That the Holy Spirit is God. He is no lesser God. He is fully God, co-equal. He's the third member of the Trinity. He's not an it. Jesus referred to him. He referred to this spirit as the helper, the counselor, as a him. The Holy Spirit is God in spirit form. And Jesus said, I am going away and I will send another helper. I will send this counselor. I will send the spirit to be with you. Now, the word helper here, the word counselor, the word spirit here is the word paraclete. You know, we've talked about that in the past couple of weeks. It's the word paraclete. It literally means one who is called to come alongside of. The, the, the Holy Spirit, he, he comes alongside of us. It's, it's the one who is called to be inside of everyone who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. And this Holy Spirit, this paraclete, acts as a helper, as a counselor. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, whether you were 10 years of age or 45 years of age, you know, this Spirit of God, the paraclete, he came alongside of you. He lives inside of you today. He is your advocate before God. The Holy Spirit is God's presence living inside of us, full and complete. He's God in spirit form. And he lives inside of me. And I know that he lives inside of many of you today. Now, I realize that even mentioning the word Holy Spirit or Spirit-filled can, can do a number of different things for you, depending on what tradition you come from. You know, the, the topic of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit has been a controversial topic for a long time. And it brings out a lot of different emotions in people, especially Christians. You know, and for some of you, even mentioning the word Holy Spirit conjures up all of these images in your mind. You know, maybe the, the screaming preacher, you know, on TV who has an incredible perspiration issue. You know, you know the guy. I mean, he's waving a white hanky and he's wearing a, an orange suit and he just moves his hands and people fall down throughout the crowd. You know, and, and maybe that's what you think of. Maybe that's the image that comes to your mind whenever you hear the term Holy Spirit, right? You know, and so this is the image. And... If that's a problem for you, you know, the problem isn't so much, the problem isn't the Holy Spirit. That, that isn't the problem with the controversy today. It's not who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does. You know, the problem comes from you and me. 
It's what we do with the Holy Spirit. It's what we communicate about the Holy Spirit. It's what we expect with the Holy Spirit. You know, the problem is not the Holy Spirit. It's you and me. And I think that it's possible that in some situations, we as humans and of churches have somewhat overemphasized at least our plans for the Holy Spirit and what we expect the Holy Spirit to do for us. And through that, it even has become a legalistic teaching or it's become an idolatry even of sorts. Well, this type of extreme creates conflict, it creates confusion, it creates division, and sadly enough, many churches have divided and split over this issue, this topic of the Holy Spirit. So you can have this extreme view of the Holy Spirit, and maybe that's where you are today, or maybe you come from the other side of the the spectrum, because there are so many churches today that don't even talk about the Holy Spirit or underemphasize the Holy Spirit and the power and the work. And sad to say, I think that underemphasizing the Holy Spirit and the work and the power of the Spirit is equally, if not even more, unfortunate. And so with that in mind, I want you to know that my goal over the next few weeks is to kind of provide for you sort of a framework about the Holy Spirit for who He is. And I want to help you to understand the role that the Holy Spirit can play in your life for any follower of Jesus Christ. Because as Jesus says, it is an incredible advantage that God lives in us, that He would choose us. You know, I mean, what a gift. I mean, what a blessing that we have. Everyone who calls Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that God lives inside of you, that his presence is with you wherever you go. That reality offers incredible advantages to us as we live our lives each day. And that's where I want us to get. I mean, you read through the book of Acts and you encounter story after story of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of men and women. You know, they were aware of his presence. It encouraged them. It motivated them. It was a power from heaven that enabled them to do what they were called to do to go up against some great tasks and challenges. I mean, read through the book of Acts and you'll encounter church after church and, and communities of Christians, you know, desperate for God's spirit, desperate for God's work in them. They needed God. They were desperate for God. And story after story, God's power was displayed through them in the form of this work of the spirit. And I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering if we can get back to that place of desperation. You know, I'm talking about you and me and our lives individually first, our our own persons. You know, I I want that for my life. I I want that for your life too. I want that for this church, that we are so desperate for God. We are so desperate for His work inside of us and through us that we are desperate, you know, for the Holy Spirit working in us, that it, it can change your life. And as Jesus said, it's an advantage to us. It's an advantage that, that He actually went because He spent, sent the Spirit for us. So this morning, I just want to spend a few minutes uh, just kind of getting us started in this series. And I want to outline just a few advantages presented in Scripture, advantages that we have as followers of Jesus when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I want to just outline a few of these. It's not a complete list, but uh, it, it gets us started. So if you've got your notes, you can follow along with us. The first advantage is this. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will guide you. He will guide you in your life. John chapter 16, verse 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, as He's called here, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so this verse makes it clear that the Holy Spirit will serve as a guide. If you're a follower of Jesus, then God's Spirit lives in you and that Holy Spirit will serve as a guide for you in your life. He will guide you into all truth, as the text says. He he will show you what is right. I mean, you come to a crossroads in your life, he'll show you which way to go. You come to a dead end in your life, the Holy Spirit can get you back on track. He can guide you. He can show us the way to go. How many of you have ever been whitewater rafting before? 
any white, okay, uh, a number of people around the room. I've only gone one time. I think it was seven or eight years ago. went with a group of people uh, to the New River in West Virginia. A uh, great experience, four to five hour ride. And, uh, and so, you know, we did this whitewater rafting thing. Well, here's what I quickly realized. It's a lot of work and you've got to work hard together as a team. But you know what? This is what I concluded at the very end. That guy sitting in the back of the boat that was driving the boat, he could do the whole thing by himself if he wanted to. I mean, he was just kind of humoring every single one of us and, you know, paddle on the right, you know, paddle on the left. But the truth was, it all came back to that guide. He knew what he was doing. He knew the right course. He knew how to lead us through each and every individual little rapid. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in you and he can guide you in your life. You know, the Spirit is like this internal GPS of sorts, you know, that that can show us where we need to go and what we need to do. And, And we can experience this guidance in our life as we pray. And we just got done talking about prayer and the value of prayer. The Holy Spirit can guide us in our prayers. I mean, you start praying for the, the Spirit of God to give you direct, direction, you know, with an upcoming decision at work or something. The Holy Spirit can do that for you. He can guide you by giving you that direction. I mean, you start praying about a decision where to move your family or, or a, a major financial decision that's coming up. The Holy Spirit can serve you as a guide. He, he can give you the wisdom to know which steps to take. You know, the Spirit uh, can be a voice for you when you need to hear from God. And it's amazing when you think about it, that there is a power that's available to each and every one of us who knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. And this Spirit can guide us in making right decisions about our children. Uh, He can guide you in making decisions about where to attend college. He can guide you in your dating relationship as you make a decision about your future. And so it makes sense that Jesus would call this an advantage. I mean, to have the Holy Spirit as guide. And when I consider that the Holy Spirit would choose me, that he would choose me as his dwelling place, and and maybe you've heard that a hundred times, but have you ever really stopped to think about what it means that the Holy Spirit would choose to dwell in you? That that would be his first choice. That he would choose you to be his dwelling place. And, And that means for me, even as I speak right now, I can find confidence in knowing that God's spirit is working inside of me and through me and even in spite of me right here in this room right now. And even as I went to sleep last night and was just a little anxious about starting a brand new series and a topic that that's a challenging topic and one that's really stretching me, that stress and anxiety don't have to define my life and they don't have to define yours other either. Because God's Spirit is in us. And so where do you need the Spirit of God in your life right now? You know, where do you need Him to guide you? I mean, maybe it's a question that, that has to do with your marriage. You know, maybe it has to do with a job decision that's coming up. Maybe it's plans after college. Maybe it's in just needing some wisdom and knowing how to deal with a friend who's making some destructive decisions in their life right now. Or a question about how to share Christ with, with a parent. We have a guide from heaven. It's a gift. It's the Holy Spirit and, and His promises that He will guide you. He will guide you and me in our lives, and it is to our advantage. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And friends, that is to our advantage. Number two, second advantage is that not only will the Holy Spirit serve as a guide in your life, but the Holy Spirit will convict you in your sin. Now, I can't help but when I hear something like that to groan a little bit. I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't like the idea of being convicted of my sin, but the Holy Spirit will serve as a guide for us. And, you know, sometimes I don't want to be convicted of my sins, but I need to be convicted of my sins and and or protected from the sin I am tempted to commit. And the Holy Spirit living inside of you, he will convict you. 
And believe it or not, this is to your advantage. It's to my advantage. You know, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 promises that when you seek God's love and forgiveness in your life, that your sins will be removed. And once that sin is removed, the leftover space is replaced by God's presence in us. It's replaced by God's Spirit coming to live within us. It's not that we remain then with a seared conscience or a hardened heart, but the Spirit moves in. You know, as you've heard people say, the Spirit takes up a lifelong lease in your life And at times, you can trust that God's Spirit will convict you. You know, you'll find yourself in a moment and and He will trouble you about the decisions that you're, you know, preparing to make. He'll he'll, he'll trouble you with a decision that doesn't honor God. He's kind of like the engine light, you know, that pops on in your dash and you just kind of groan on the inside a little bit. You know, the Holy Spirit acts that way for us. You know, you, you find yourself in a situation. It's like this engine light comes on saying, hey, there's a problem here. You know, this isn't right. John chapter 16, verse 8. Jesus is talking about the Spirit again. He says, hey, when He comes, He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, when I was uh, in high school, I was a dork. And uh, maybe you say, well, hey, not much changed since then. But uh, I really was. I was desperately trying to fit in. And with whatever bottle of mousse and hairspray that required, uh, with the tight rolled jeans, stonewashed jeans and all, uh, I was desperately trying to fit into this brand new school. And one day, uh, it was after lunch, and I was standing in the hallway with some of my, my buddies, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to make a statement. And so there were these three girls coming down the hall. I still remember them. They were in our class. And the one girl in particular, I just thought it'd be funny to make a comment about what she was wearing on that particular day. And she was wearing this necklace. And I made a, a stupid, sarcastic comment about her necklace. You know, not, I mean, yes, I was trying, I was being mean. But it wasn't like I was trying to be mean. You know how we're like that sometimes? Well, her friend came over and, and jacked me in the stomach, knocked the wind out of me. All right, so that taught me a lesson right away. But then, you know, what I realized was how deeply I hurt her, and I didn't know this because I was kind of new to this school, but her brother had died of cancer the year before, and that necklace was a gift from her brother before he died. Now, I can't, well, I can tell you because I still remember deeply the conviction that I felt in that moment because I knew who I belonged to. You know, Jesus Christ was the Lord of my life. And I was desperately trying to fit in with these friends, even to the point that I was willing to go to such an extreme. But in that moment and in that you know, rest of the day and in the coming days, I felt such a conviction by the Spirit in my life. And my friends were like, you know, brush it off. It's not a big deal. She'll get over it and be fine. But I couldn't let it go. You know, the Spirit of God, you know, inside of me wouldn't let that go. You know, why does the Holy Spirit convict us? Well, because there's an advantage to it. To it. I mean, it's the same reason you tell your kids not to touch the hot burner on the stove. I mean, they need to know that, you know. Uh, As the parent, you know what is best. I mean, we weren't meant to touch hot things. And the Holy Spirit works that way for us. He, He knows how we were made. He knows what we were created for. We weren't made for sin. Sin is the problem. Sin destroys relationships. You know, and so sometimes you'll find in your life that the Holy Spirit will convict you subtly. You know, I mean, he'll convict you while you're reading the Bible. He'll convict you while you're praying. Maybe he'll convict you here on a Sunday morning or or when you're riding in your car all alone, you know, with just everything quiet. You know, the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. He convicts me of the sin in my life. And when he does, it's so important that we respond. 
It's so important that, that we acknowledge that the temptation that stands before us, that God can lead us, He can guide us, He can direct us away from that sin so that we make the right decision or the choice. He, the Holy Spirit can work in such a way that, that we are moved to confession, that you know, when we sin, we go and we seek God's forgiveness and we seek His grace. You know, I mean, if the engine light comes on in your car, you have to address it. You, you have to do something about it or you'll end up with even a greater problem. And so it's to our advantage that the Holy Spirit will act as this convictor in our life. Now, let me just add, and I realize that for some of you, this idea of God convicting us of sin might raise all sorts of questions in you about who God is and what he's like. And some are right and some are wrong. Now, hear this. God hates sin. And I won't water that message down because it is true. There's a a hatred there that goes beyond anything that we can imagine when it comes to sin. And for some of you here this morning, when you hear this idea of a God who hates sin, I realize that it may lead you to to conjure up all these images of God that may or may not be right or appropriate. And and too often we're led to believe that God is angry with us, that he's ashamed by us and our actions. And if you have this image of God in your mind, it might be like you, you have this image of a God who is hunting you down right now. It's like he has called on all the dogs, he's called on the angry mob, and he is hunting you down. And for you, it's like you're running for your life right now. But know this, our God isn't on this great hunt to track you down in all of his wrath. I think it's better like this, that our God is in a pursuit for you. And he is pursuing you with grace and love and mercy and forgiveness because he knows how you were created. He knows what you were created for. And he wants to help you find your way back to him he desires to bring us back and my friends that is to our advantage and so i realize that some of you are here this morning and you're being convicted by the spirit of god and it's kind of like the engine light is going on in your life and something's not right maybe you chewed out your kids this morning or chewed out your spouse maybe you and your boyfriend went a little too far last night whatever it is you are feeling convicted And that is the Spirit of God inside of you. And He wants to bring you back. He wants to bring you to where you ought to be. You know, God is pursuing you. And He wants to pour out His love and His forgiveness and His mercy in your life. You know, do you need to experience His forgiveness this morning? And if that's the case, I want you to know that you've come to the right place. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The Spirit leads us to life and peace. The third advantage is this. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. Jesus said, it is to your advantage. The Holy Spirit is comforter or protector. Now, I know that probably most of you by now have heard of the uh, device that you can uh, get in most vehicles, OnStar. Everybody heard of OnStar, right? I mean, you've got the button in your vehicle, so if you get lost, if you get in an accident, if you've got a problem, you can push the OnStar button. And there's a comfort with knowing that you've got OnStar because if something comes up, you've got an operator that you can turn to that will help you get, the, help you get what you need. Well, back a few years ago, there was a, a car dealership on the West Coast that came up with this creative marketing campaign. Uh, they, they, it was a spoof on OnStar, and it was this idea that every vehicle came equipped with a trunk monkey. All right, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but every vehicle comes equipped with a trunk monkey, and uh, I've got one of the commercials to show you here this morning. I love that. You can find a whole bunch of them on the Internet. Jesus said that it is to our advantage that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He is like this comforter. 
And if you've ever gone through any time of intense grief in your life, you know what that means. Because you know that you've tried praying or maybe you've sat in church and and the tears come a lot easier than anything else. And you know what it means to hurt. And you've gone through, you know, some intense type of uh, intense time of of great news. and, And you've gone through some highs and lows. To, well, the good news is that God's presence is available, that the Holy Spirit, he, he can comfort you. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 says it this way. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And so the Spirit is there for us to comfort us. He's there to be for us uh, when we are weak. And even when we don't know what to pray, isn't that awesome? I, I love the truth of this verse that even when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And that should give you incre- incredible encouragement right now, especially in your prayers. Uh, especially if you find yourself in a time of confusion and you don't know what to pray. Because when we don't know what to pray, He prays for, of us, pray, prays for us. And I just wonder and believe if some of you need to hear that today. Because if you're having trouble right now getting pregnant, and the news of another couple, another friend that's pregnant uh, just, just really challenges you and you just wonder why, God. I want you to know that God, that the Spirit of God can comfort you. If you're battling cancer right now and you're afraid of what this next round of chemo holds for you, I want you to know that the Spirit of God can comfort you. That's the promise for us in Scripture. If you're the victim of, of sexual abuse or any abuse in your life for that matter, and you're broken, I want you to know that the Spirit of God can comfort you. And, and maybe it's all in the past. You know, you had an abortion, you cheated on your spouse, you're struggling with divorce or loneliness, whatever it may be. The Holy Spirit can comfort you. You know, God doesn't check out. He, he never checks out. He, he's always there. He has promised to walk with us through any pain and brokenness that we might face and, and lead us towards healing and restoration. The Spirit of God can, can heal you. He can comfort you. But, but here's your part. The, the way to healing... The way to allowing the Holy Spirit to do this great work in your life, it's all out surrender to God. It it requires you to kind of raise your hand, to to wave that white flag and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. I am completely surrendering every bit of this to you. You know, I'm trying to do this on my own. You know, carry me through this. And, And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, all out surrender means exactly what it sounds like. It means all out surrender. It means saying, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. And, and, and the promise of the Bible is this, that when we cry out to God, it's like the Holy Spirit engages. The Holy Spirit goes to work. You know, He begins working on our half, but it begins with surrender. You know, do you need to surrender your life to God this morning? The last thing is this, and that's the fourth advantage. It is that the Holy Spirit will empower you. You know, that the same Spirit that empowered the disciples in the New Testament, He can do the same for you in your life right now. And for this church, he, he can prepare you and equip you for, for whatever is ahead in your life. You know, God can give you the power to serve him boldly and courageously in whatever situation you find yourself right now. And, and whether it's walking with integrity, you know, through a difficult season at work, you know, being the husband or the father that honors God or leading a ministry here at Genesis Church, the Holy Spirit will empower you with what needs to be done in and through your life. You know, this power was evidenced in Moses. You know, he didn't have what it it took, he felt, to go before Pharaoh to lead the people out of Egypt. But God empowered him. 
You know, this evidence was, you know, experienced in, in Jonah's life. He didn't want to go to Nineveh, but God empowered him and, and showed him the way. You know, there was nothing dynamic about the disciples, but because of God's power in them, they were empowered to spread the gospel to the whole world. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 says, I pray that out of the glorious of his riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. You know, I was reminded of, of a time in my life uh, just this past week where I really sensed God's Spirit working in me. It was really a defining time in ministry for me. I was serving at a church up in Michigan. Uh, it was back, um, well, I served there for five years from 2000 to 2005, but I, I'll always remember, we'll always remember when 9-11 took place. Uh, I believe it was a Tuesday morning. I was scheduled to preach that Sunday. And I was just a, a little associate, you know, in this large church, but the senior pastor was going to be out of town, and I was scheduled to preach, and I think I was going to talk about David and Bathsheba. And, uh, and so I expected, you know, when 9-11 took place, uh, I expected the senior pastor's call to say, hey, I, I'm going to step in, you know, it's only right. But you know what he did? Just the opposite. I remember, I'll still remember when he came to my office and said, Paul, um, I'm scheduled to be out of town to speak at a conference this weekend, and I'm not going to cancel because I believe that's where I'm supposed to be, and I believe that God wants to use you this Sunday to communicate a message of hope and truth to our church. It scared me to death. I mean, David and Bathsheba, trash can, it's starting over. I like to plan ahead, and, you know, here's Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and I'm, I'm starting from scratch. And I, I still remember the emotion of not only dealing with the reality of what took place, but also dealing with what I expected to happen on that Sunday morning. And they were already talking about it, that your, your churches are going to be packed. And sure enough, that was the case. Sunday morning rolled around, our church was packed two services, that there weren't enough seats. And here I am, here, here's this young guy that doesn't know what he's talking about. He comes up on stage. And in that moment, I still remember feeling the presence of God working not only in my life, but working in that room at that moment. We got to the very end of that service, and I just felt like God leading me to invite people to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you want to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life this morning, hands went up all around the room. There was at least 50 hands that morning in one of the services. I was so overwhelmed, you know, to believe that God would choose me, that the Spirit would empower me even for that, that moment. You know, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 has become a favorite for mine. You know, Jesus said, but you will receive power, not weakness, but power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. And, and I want you to realize that the same spirit that was at work 2,000 years ago in the early church is available to you and me today. Same power. Not just pastors, but that same power is available to you. You know, there was a time when the Holy Spirit came in such a powerful way to an ordinary group of people like you and me. And these men and women became so radically committed to God and to one another that nothing could stand in their way. Nothing could stand before them. They, they were never the same. And great things happened all around them in their families, in their church, and in their communities. And the Spirit was behind it all. And my question is, if that the Spirit could do all of that then, is it possible that you and I would be willing to believe that He could do that even today? That there is a work that even God wants to do in your life and maybe through this church, and we ain't seen nothing yet. But if we could get to the place where we were so desperate for the Spirit that anything could happen, you know, that everything could change. You know, God has a greater purpose for your life. 
You know, people of Genesis, I want you to hear that this morning, that God has a greater purpose for your life. You are God's workmanship. You are his light. You are his ambassador to this world. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, he has a great plan and a great purpose for you. And it's not if you have spare time. It's not if you have retirement or even feel like it. You know, God has a plan for you. You are a part of the work that he's doing in this world. And it's, it's right now. I mean, it's not if you could get to that job or get to that financial place 10 years from now. It's right now. I mean, it's this afternoon when you leave the church. It's tomorrow morning when you go to your job. God has a plan for you right now. He's got a greater purpose for your life. And if that gets your heart pumping, I just want to invite you to pray this morning, God, would you empower me? Would you just open up my eyes to see the possibilities of what you could do through me? You know, how does that play out if you lead a connection group? You know, maybe you're a connection group leader that you just start praying every night before your group comes to meet with you. Maybe even tonight, God, would you just empower me tonight? I I don't know why you chose me to lead this group. I struggle in it. But God, would you power me, empower me? Would you give me the power to lead our group? You know, maybe that means for you that you you attend a connection group, you know, and that's of value to you. But every time on your way to meet with your group, you just pray, God, would you use me tonight? God, would you empower our group? Would you empower our discussions? Would you cause me to zip my lip when I need to zip my lip? But would you give me the words to speak, you know, when, I, when I'm supposed to speak? You know, God, empower our group for greater service. You know, middle school, high school, college students, you know, that you just pray, God, would you work through me? God, would you empower me? Would you give me the power through your Holy Spirit? And, and, and if you have been praying for God to make you an A, B student, you know, that ain't going to happen maybe. You know, I mean, that, that will take a miracle from God. But maybe you've been praying for God to make you a greater student. What if you just started praying, God, would you make me a greater student of the rabbi? Would you make me a greater student of Jesus Christ? Because I believe that God has a ministry for you and it's not after graduation and it's not when you, you get to your college or it's not when you get to that job or, or to that other church, you know, one day with, with your family and after you're married, you know, it's three hours from now back in the dorm. It, it's tomorrow morning, you know, when you come across that person in the hallway that God wants to use you every day as an example of someone who has been radically changed forever by the transforming love of Jesus Christ. And you can just pray, God, would you empower me? You know, men and women, what if you prayed for God to empower you the next time you were hanging out with the parents, you know, uh, uh, from your kid's soccer team and you just pray, God, would you use me? Or God, would you use me at my work? I mean, because you hate your job right now and you've been praying for God to give you another job. But maybe what God wants you to realize this morning is that he has you right there right now for a reason. You know, there is a season that he wants you there. He wants to do a greater work through you. And so maybe you just need to pray, God, would you empower me? Would you empower me to do your work right here? You know, open my eyes, open my hearts to what you want me to see. I mean, what if the Holy Spirit started doing a greater work at our church, a work like we've never seen before? I'm talking about a power that is unleashed here, capable of healing any broken marriage. You know, men and women coming back together. You know, children and parents and their hearts, you know, coming to this place of unity, coming back together again. A healing power to release those who are currently, you know, bound by an addiction or pain from the past. A power to liberate people who are strained, you know, in sin. God wants to do that work and he wants to use you. He wants to empower you to lead people back to God. Man, we ain't seen nothing yet. But we could. If we were more desperate for the Spirit. You know, the Spirit doesn't make us weak. Second Timothy 1, 7 uh, speaks truth to this. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and discipline. You know, so that we're, that's where we end this morning. And, but I've got to tell you, I, I've got some bad news for you today. For some of you, because you've been praying for more of the Spirit in your life. I, I've got some bad news for you. You ain't getting any more of the Spirit. 
And I said ain't too many times this morning. I'll let it go. But listen, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you, you, you received all of God. It's there. It's inside of you. All of its potential is inside of you right now. It's not about getting more of the Spirit. It's the Spirit getting more of you. And that's where we're going to end today. Are you ready to give the Spirit more of you, more room to work in your life? Let's pray. God, I pray today, I ask that the Spirit of God would do a work that goes beyond what I can accomplish with my words today. I pray that your Spirit would be present and active in this room right now, in our hearts. We acknowledge Him and we invite Him to work on us today. Now, there are some here this morning and And maybe you're realizing that you are pretty much doing life apart from the Spirit of God right now. You may know Jesus. You may go to church. You know all the right answers. But unfortunately, there is little to no evidence of the Spirit of God working in you today. And you're realizing this. Do you want to give more of your life to God today? Do you want more of the Spirit's work in your life? God, I thank you for the hunger in this room right now. God, I pray that you would give us a greater awareness of the Spirit and the work you are able to do, especially for those this morning that need wisdom in taking next steps, for those who are trapped in a pattern of sin and want to experience your forgiveness and a new course of direction for their life, for those who are hurting and broken and want to be healed, for those who are facing a challenge that seems too great. God, would you fill us with your Spirit today? Would you give us a greater awareness of your presence? We believe in you, God and what you can do in our lives for your glory. And as we continue in prayer this morning with no one looking around, God, I I know that God is drawing some of you towards himself right now. And maybe you've been in church for a while. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to God, and he is not the Lord of your life. Others of you, you're not a church person, and you never even anticipated this today, but you are... In a strange way, you sense that you are being drawn to God and you feel the emptiness of your life. There's a burden for sin right there, right now in your life today. And it's sin from the present and the past. But God is drawing you to himself. And I want you to know that the good news is that you have a choice this morning. You can resist it or you can surrender. And my prayer is that you would surrender to God this morning. You cannot save yourself in this world. Your good works will not get it done. But you can call out to God this morning. You can call on Jesus and he will save you from your sins. And you can receive his forgiveness and eternal life. I'm wondering if anyone would want to make that choice today. If you want to experience God's forgiveness and grace for the first time. You know, with with no one looking around, if that's where you are right now and you want to receive that grace and forgiveness in your life, would you just raise your hand right now wherever you are? Don't feel ashamed in doing that. Just raise your hand up in the room wherever you are. Thank you for that hand over there. It's okay. If you feel like God is drawing you to himself this morning, you don't have to be ashamed. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Just raise your hand up saying, I need more of God. I need more of his presence in me. I need to experience his grace and his forgiveness. Thank you for that hand. If that's where you are this morning, pray this prayer with me wherever you are. Just pray this prayer. God in heaven, save me from all my sins. I call on Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for new life today. Take all of mine. I belong to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Amen. Hey, can we celebrate God's work today in this room? Let's do that. Let's celebrate God's work. Let's stand together and sing this last song.